and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. And I am Drew. And I have seen this musical. Yes, you have. You want to explain why? Well, you really wanted to see the film. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and back in 2019, we actually, we broke up for the Christmas holidays mm-hmm. from work, and we celebrated day one. We went to see two films. Both... Not as well received as one would imagine they would be, mm-hmm. uh, critically or among fandoms. Yeah. First one was The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Personally, I quite enjoyed. But, so, you know. did, so did I. <laughs> we rushed straight to the entertainer and bought you a Dio, Pop Conco. I, I love Dio. It's the best. And then we went back to the cinema later that evening for this feature, Cats. Yes, indeed. And we've never seen the opening to this film. No, we haven't. So we went to see this movie and we got to the cinema. With plenty of time. With plenty of time. But there was a really long queue for popcorn and we were there for ages. But we were looking at the time thinking, and I don't know how it works in America, but like here, when it says the time... 7.30, for instance. Yeah. That's the time that the trailers start, not the time that the actual movie starts. And I and that wo- is true for everything. Yeah. And I worked for this cinema chain previously. Yeah. So I know that they have 25 minutes of trailers attached to every film. Mm-hmm. So I know full well, 25 minutes leeway is fine. Yeah. There's three members of staff covering five rows of tills. And long queues because Star Wars has released. Yeah, everybody's there to see Star Wars. Cats was not very full. There were maybe like four rows of people yeah. in a normal sized cinema screen. And so we were waiting and I was starting to get a little bit stressed because I was like, wow, we're getting closer. We're getting like close to when it should be starting in the adverts. As and was I. We got our popcorn. We went in and sat down. And as we went in, I was like, wait, the movie started. Yeah. So we've never there were seen the no opening. trailers. We have never seen the opening of this movie. We started from Jellical Cats come out to yeah. play. Jellical Cats. Like in the invite to the Jellical Ball section. So we haven't seen most of the opening. There's no explanation why for why Victoria's the main character, so far as I remember. No, I'm quite excited to see if anything actually happens, but you know. Yeah. It was actually what stopped me going to that cinema chain. I cancelled my subscription card, which I had had since 2009. Yeah, so a good t- you went and spoke to the desk afterwards because yeah. we were so annoyed about it. And they were like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. And that was it. So yeah, um, 10 years, mm. that was it. Uh, I went and joined a new cinema and I've not looked back since. Yes, we've had no problems. And we are going to be looking back today. We've obviously covered a year ago. Happy birthday, Drew. Thank you. It is your birthday. And this time last year, we covered the 1998 Mm -hmm. film version of Cats that's a film, but also a pro shot. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do next year. Rats. I'm sure there's another version of Cats that we can watch somewhere. Maybe it'll be live by then and we can go and see it. we can actually go see it. I'd love to see Cats. But Mm. I I really enjoyed the pro shot version. Yeah. I didn't mind the film. I just didn't get it in the same yes, way. Yes, because you saw the this film first, missing the first part of it. And we kind of came away from it like, oh, that was a silly thing that we watched. I remember that when we watched Cats last year, I was like, 
there's no plot. I remember there being plot to this. Yeah. Like, where's the talky bits? Where's McCavity, like, capturing people? So that doesn't actually happen. And I'm I'm really excited to see it again and be like, why is this happening? Because there's more plot. Because yeah, now you've seen the real cats yeah, with it's... the real plot and the proper songs. The other thing I remember is we saw it opening weekend. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading after opening weekend that there was a new version of Cats being released at the cinema because... They'd done some fixing of, like, the digitals. Yeah. Where, like, people's hands were morphing or people's feet were going through imaginary floors. And, like, they'd patched it like a video game. Like, it was a, it was like cyberpunk being launched and not being ready. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen that with a film before. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm also intrigued to see, like, I guess we're, see- we're seeing it on Blu-ray. This must be the finished version of the film, not the, you know... This should be the finished version of the film. Yeah. yeah. Certainly not the butthole cut. I want the butthole cut. Do you think there is any truth to the butthole cut rumours? I, I do, and I shall tell you for why. You have seen digital art. No, the animation studio that worked on the visual effects for this hated Tom Hooper. Yes. And I completely believed that they sent him versions of this film where all the cats had buttholes. Because I would do that just to annoy somebody. I'm that petty. And I think if I worked for that animation studio, I would absolutely have sent him a version that had the butthole cut. I mean, considering how, like, realism seems to be the trend for this, I am surprised there were not buttholes. Mm -hmm. Like, little jellical buttholes. (laughs) Would it make this film better? I liked the film. I enjoyed the film. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, we had a good time. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of the references and I enjoyed... There were like very specific things that I did not enjoy. Yeah, and we'll talk about them, I guess, when we're reviewing it. But I I mean, outside of the CGI stuff, some of it is weird. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Cats is very weird. I think for me, one of the things I'm most intrigued by is how this one fares now I've actually seen the proper cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know this one bombed. We're not going to talk too much in this preamble. I know it bombed. I know it was so bad that in a 2021 October interview, Andrew Lloyd Webber said it was off the scale, all wrong. I saw it and I just thought, oh God, no. It was the first time in my 70 odd years on this planet that I went out and bought a dog. So the one good thing to come out of it is my little Havanese puppy. Yeah. When the guy who writes this musical, I mean, I say writes this musical, one of the guys is dead because mm-hmm. T.S. Eliot wrote this a long, old time ago. Yeah. But when one of the people whose name is synonymous with this mm-hmm. says something like that, you know something's gone wrong with this. Yeah. Somewhere down the line. And this is the guy who made the 2004 version of Phantom of the Opera with no other artistic influence. And... This is the guy who made Love Never Dies. The guy who made Cinderella. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tasteless. One of our most popular episodes of 2021, funnily enough. That's so funny. But I wonder if that's because people just didn't want to go and see it and wanted to know what it was like. I do wonder how many people wanted to see it, listened to us, or thought, nope. Or how many people 
listen to us or I can't be that bad when in hindsight I was a lot nicer about that yeah than I so was been, I because that show is super homophobic it's it's beer goggles it was the whole like we've not We're been to the live theater. theater yeah, yeah. So, originally, there was supposed to be an animated film adaptation of Cats in the 90s. Before or after the pro shot? Before. Okay. Then in... Then nothing. The animation studio that were going to do it, they closed. Then in 2013, uh, Universal Pictures purchased the film rights to Cats. Yep, and they've obviously retained it because it is a Universal film. Mm -hmm. In 2016, Tom Hooper was in negotiations and then accepted and confirmed that he was going to be directing a movie version of Cats. In 2016? Yes. People thought it was still going to be a fully animated, not in the way that it is now, but a fully, like, cartoon animation version of the musical. Yeah. Which, again, very interesting choice. I... (laughs) In my opinion, people have talked this film to death, but... I really think if you if you were gonna film cats, put people in the amazing stage costumes, just film a, a stage pro shot, but make the set bigger. Film it on a green screen if you want to, like, but put actors in the actual costumes. I think it would have made a lot more sense. Anyway, in January of 2018, Tom Hooper and Working Title Studio began to officially cast for the film, and they looked at whether they were going to have an entirely live-action cast or a computer-generated cast. And Andrew Lloyd Webber announced he'd be writing a new song for this adaptation. Yes. Then in 2019, he obviously didn't get any work done because it was then announced that the new song was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Taylor Swift and that it would be entitled Beautiful Ghosts. And people were like, why though? (laughs) Because there are some songs, poems from cats that don't already that don't appear in the show. He had options, you know. Guess who was originally in uh, reports to be cast in this? Oh, I... who does Tom Hooper like to work with? It was going to be surely Eddie Redmayne or Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was offered a role, yeah, as McCavity. Hmm. Okay. I think that would have been functionally the same as what we got with Idris Elba, you know? Yeah. Uh, guess which female actress was offered a large role, but not the main role in the film? Anne Hathaway. Yes, indeed. In 2018, she passed due to a scheduling conflict. I think she passed because she was like, no. But then in 2018, they announced that Jennifer Hudson, Taylor Swift, James Corden and Ian McKellen had been cast... Taylor Swift had previously screen tested to be Eponine in Les Mis for Tom Hooper, but yeah. didn't do that. But she was given the role of Bombal Urena in this without an audition because he'd already seen her. He knew yeah. what she could do. The funny thing is with Tom Hooper. Yeah. He is on a really hot run of films at this point. I know we don't necessarily talk film, mm-hmm. but if you look at the things he had directed... And it's really interesting because I can't find anything to suggest he is retired. But Wikipedia lists his years active as, you know, 2004 to 2020. Because Cats killed his career. Possibly. (laughs) I can't see anything to suggest he's retired. But 
He did Red Red Dust. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And then 2009 did The Damned United. I really love that film. It's a really good football movie, but it's also a really good like biopic. Mm. Like, and you know what the best football movie is? Bedknobs and Broomsticks. No, Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, fair enough. Michael Sheen is really good in this film. I love it. It's mm. not necessarily about the football. It's about the behind the scenes stuff. Did that in 2009. Great, great film. 2010, The King's Speech. Another really mm. well-respected film. Then he does Lay Miz. The you're naming are really boring. Then he does Lay Miz in 2012. I don't like that film. I know you don't, and you'll like this film even less. The Danish Girl in 2015. Yeah, I don't like that film. Wow, and then he, he really does have like a set of people he likes to work and with. And then he does Cats in 2019, but this is it. So if you look at the films from King's Speech, Lay Miz, Danish Girl, those are three films in a row. The King's Speech gets 12 Oscar nominations, wins four. 14 BAFTA nominations win seven. Seven Golden Globes wins one. Les Mis gets eight Academy Award nominations, wins three. Nine BAFTAs wins four. Four Golden Globes and wins three of them. The Danish Girl, four Academy Award nominations, wins one. Mm-hmm. Five BAFTAs wins none. Three Golden Globes wins none. And then Cats comes out with nothing. But you can see why the marketing of Cats was that this was going to be an Oscar film. Well, especially because in September of 2018, they announced that they had a new executive producer, which is Steven Spielberg. Yeah, because it's Amblin Entertainment, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. But you've got all these like big people working on this film for it to have flopped so hard and i really think if they'd have if they had made like with this cast but you know with these big name people and steven spielberg and tom hooper if they had done jesus christ superstar or phantom maybe this would have been so here's my question do you think Tom Hooper wanted Cats? Or do you think he was pitching for something else, but Andrew Lloyd Webber said, fine, but you have to do Cats and impress me first? I think he was pitching for something else. And he was told, you do Cats, and if that works, you can have that. Yeah. You know what he wanted to do? Starlight Express. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cats... But Cats is weirder than Starlight Express. Yeah. And I don't think they would get away with doing Starlight Express because how do you do that without just filming Thomas the Tank Engine, which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway, we gain Laurie Davidson and Met Towley, who are both wonderful stage performers, and then Francesca Hayward, who is a principal dancer for the Royal Ballet uh, in London, and Steve McRae, as well as Rebel Wilson and Jason Derulo joining the cast. And in 2018... They began rehearsals in Hertfordshire and the entire cast were there for weeks of rehearsals starting in November all the way up to starting principal photography in December of 2018 where they all did rehearsals for the musical numbers obviously and the dance numbers but as well as that they had cat school (laughs) which was just a movement class about learning the ways that cats would react to things which funnily enough is like one of the things that taylor swift talked about the most in her interviews for this film but when we watch this film of all of the cast members except for one i think she's the only one that doesn't act like a cat she's just singing like she's taylor swift on stage 
Fair enough. Everybody else is doing like the cat thing. Cat stuff. So here's the thing. There is a tremendous cast attached to this. Mm -hmm. There really is. If, you know, listing off some names, Judy Dench, right? Dame Judy Dench. Jennifer Hudson, who has won an Oscar, I believe, for Dreamgirls. Yeah, she won the Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Dreamgirls. Yeah. You know, so a very talented performer. Rebel Wilson, huge name. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba, Ian McKellen, Ray Winstone. I'm going to say James Corden. People, you know, I think he's cast well in this. I think he's cast as the right cat. I actually think they've got some really nice names attached to these cats. Yes. Also getting some very talented people that aren't necessarily the most well-known outside of their specific fields. Obviously, Francesca Haywood. Stephen McRae is an Australian ballet slash tap dancer. Oh, he's Skimbleshanks. Yeah, yeah he's and fantastic. Is fantastic. You know, you've got some really interesting younger performers as well who aren't as well known. I think it's a really tremendous cast. And I'm very excited to watch it and see where did it go wrong? Or well, is this film not as bad as people paint it to be? So, obviously we have the visual effects. This is the biggest thing that people are rude about. Yeah. And I'm saying are rude about because we're going to talk about the controversy surrounding the visual effects. But initially, Tom Hooper wanted this to be a live-action film with prosthetics. And oh. they tried it. They experimented with using prosthetics to create the look of the cats to avoid the cost of visual effects in the same sort of way as the Grinch. Yeah. Like those kind of Who style uh, But also prosthetics. like the, the Grinch itself, maybe. Yes, and that's the way it went. And Tom Hooper really didn't like it because you ended up with full face prosthetics where the characters lost their emotion. So all the parts, he said, seemed to lead him back to visual effects. And another reason for changing was because a lot of the actors and dancers were having trouble with the cat suits because there was so much heat and sweat during rehearsals that they were actually getting ill from the performance yeah which is crazy because that just makes me think like what were these costumes like because if the actual cast of cats can wear those costumes with the wigs that are made of yak fur eight shows a week sometimes more when they're on tour what must these costumes for the film have been like they must have been like proper furry cat suits which is so weird (laughs) I would love to see, like, the initial... Well, we have the DVD now, so maybe it'll be in the rehearsals. Maybe it'll be on the rehearsals. So. so, the visual effects studio was MPC Vancouver, who did the... Well, who redid the visual effects for Sonic the Hedgehog. The one that went bankrupt because they didn't get paid for Sonic. The one that closed because of how much pressure and public ridicule they were put under for this movie. Bless them. Yeah. Despite the fact that they were working 80 to 90 hour weeks to try and keep up with Tom Hooper's schedule for this film. And supposedly, allegedly, we'll say allegedly, to the fact that Tom Hooper's lack of familiarity with how visual effects work meant that when they were sending him renders for the film, obviously you don't send a fully finished animated segment of like a one minute clip to the director, you send, you know, the, the kind of mocap, hairless 
Like, yeah. this is what it'll look like, but we'll put hair on it when it's finished clips. We all know what pre-finished animation yeah. looks like. And he would verbally berate the animators and say, this is what you think I'm going to send out into movies. Where's the hair? Like, where are the cats? These don't even look like cats. He did not understand what they were doing with this animation, which meant they had to send him fully rendered and finished animation every time they were sending him shots for his approval. They spent six months making the trailer. Just the trailer. And I remember when that trailer came out and just like the whole... Everyone's like, what is happening? What is happening? It's Mm -hmm. the stuff of nightmares. Mm -hmm. He apparently would just send them really denigrating emails about their work. He would insult them at public conferences and... They ended up only having four months left of their time to finish the entire movie. And the film's visuals were completed just hours before its premiere. I remember hearing that, yeah. Which led to people having, cinemas having the unfinished version. Because the finished version was only just finished. It hadn't been sent out yet. And for cinemas to be able to open on premiere, they had to be sent something. So they were sent a placeholder copy, which wasn't the fully rendered film. Cinemas then played the unrendered yeah, version. Which is what we must have seen. Yeah, which is not the animator's fault. That has nothing to do no, with it. No, it isn't. It comes down to the studio not having the awareness. Mm-hmm. How can you make this film and not be aware of the demands of using the technology? You know? Right. Like this is This is on par with like make trying to make like a big budget superhero movie, but not necessarily understanding the worlds. Mm-hmm. And you know, not necessarily understanding the impact of CGI versus, like, actual sets. Yeah. You know, and how you blend the two. Mm-hmm. There's a reason these films take a long time. And actually, and I, I quite agree with the reason why films get pushed sometimes. If they've got to be delayed for quality. Yeah. It's like Zelda. That game, Breath of the Wild, especially, got pushed back so many times. Yeah, and Breath of, I'm happy to wait for Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, you know, I will wait. Because I know it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I will wait as long as it takes. Like, you see it with games all the time at the moment that they're just so under pressure. Mm-hmm. I go back to Cyberpunk. The pressure to actually launch it when it had to be launched. At that point, people weren't waiting anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was a mess. I don't know how much longer they needed. I've never played it. I just I saw the videos on YouTube. Would this film have been better had it waited until March? Maybe. However, they wanted to be an Oscar season. They wanted to be an Oscar nominated film. Yeah. And the second problem that then came out of wanting to be an Oscar nominated film was that two of the cast were invited to present the best visual effects category. Rebel Wilson and James Corden in their bad cat suits. Yeah. And they spent their entire stage time making fun of the film's CGI while presenting the award for best visual effects. So mocking the audience that they're presenting an award to. And then they got loads of backlash, not just from the actual animators, but from the public at large, because the vast majority of the animators who worked on this film were laid off because NPC Vancouver closed. Yeah. And they were completely condemned by the Visual Effects Society, which represented the visual yeah, effects industry. Yeah, you should do. Because you can't be in this film... Then go on stage knowing what the animators have had to do to get to this point. And James Corden and Rebel Wilson have been in animated films before this. 
they know how animated films work. They would have seen the like insert animation stuff before. So I had no problem with them being in this because like you say, I actually thought James Corden was good casting for Buster for Jones. You know, he's actually English. It's this like bumbling English character. Yeah, I was like, cool, I'm on board with this. And then he did that. I was like, well, again, and this once is again. It. The other thing that's happened a lot with this film, hmm. a lot of people involved in it have tried to wipe their hands of it and act like it never happened. And I just hate that even more. Like, own up to your mistakes and take acknowledge the art you make. You can't disown something. I can understand if you are an author of a book in the 1990s and you write some incredibly hurtful things at the time were part of pop culture, but in 2022, you don't stand by because you've changed. I can understand saying, I'm going to take this book off. I've grown as a person since then. Yeah. But months after this film being released, for you to be making fun of it in this way... Mm-hmm. it's. I think the difference between... The way that Robert Pattinson makes fun of Twilight compared to the way that the actors in Cats make fun of Cats, they are making fun of something they had no control over. They're making fun of the animation. Yeah. Whereas if they were taking the mick out of themselves or being like, oh, yeah, my acting in this scene, what am I even doing? Yeah. The way that Robert Pattinson does with Twilight, where he's making fun of like, I, I don't sound like I've ever spoken human words before. Yes. What is happening? Who is this guy? That's fine. Because that's something you had control over. Yeah. Anyway. Well, in the same way that I know that I've seen like clips of James Corden doing cat school and just mocking the cat school thing. That's fine. That's different because it's mocking the performance. Yeah. But yeah, just to, to mock something where people have really been impacted for no fault of their own. Yep. It sucks. Because mm-hmm. this isn't a, a movie that Tom Hooper has made. If you look at the stuff he's made, it's very real. Yeah. Um, I know Lamy has had some special effects, but not on this scale. I think actually the majority of Lamy's might have been practical effects. The majority of Lamy's is green screen. Is it green screen? So yeah. he he's got some experience, including my absolute favourite moment, which is the noise that happens when Javert hits the water. God, that's my favourite bit. Yeah, but that's all green screen. Yeah, yeah, this is it. But I also I know that there were some sets built. Like it's a weird mix. Mm. Did he also do the thing he did with Les Mis where they sang live? Or is this uh, the singing was done post? Bits and pieces. Okay. So you might have learned from that, maybe. They played a lot of the music live and recorded it. Yeah. Like in live spaces to make it sound like actual ambient noise, which I appreciate. There's something that they also did that I appreciate in Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Where like they get louder the closer to the screen they get. Yeah, that's I cool. like that. that. That's nice realism. But no, the singing was all done. In studio, which is a good thing. Yeah, for cats. Well, this is it. The whole thing would have been like on studio, wouldn't it? Or, or like on a green screen, and then mm. everything. Well, else. There's a reason why the stage version of Cats has the Cats chorus, yeah. who are singers who sing behind the scenes. Usually, the swings who yeah, sing to downstairs to boi- boost the noise, boist, bolster, <laughs> boist. I'm excited to go back to the Jellicle Ball. Me too. You want to see some beautiful ghosts? Oh, I, I know I have some memories. Yeah. I I, I, I still stand by. I think Skimble Shanks is, a bop. is the best. Pos, pos, you get the most excited about that. Yeah, like I listen to that one. That's on my playlist. I listen to that a lot in the car. I have a great time. Um, and I still stand by the fact that that's a genuine, amazing moment in this film. Mm-hmm. I I personally prefer this version of Mr. Mistopheles. You're wrong. 
I will be intrigued to see if that changes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I quite like, I, I remember liking the fact that he's he's quite shy and clumsy and this is him growing into himself. Like, I didn't like the arrogant Mr. Mistopheles yeah. from the, the pro show. It's okay, don't get me wrong. It's a great oh, performance. I've just but... remembered what my favourite thing is to come out of this movie. What? Which is the, the like 10 second clip yeah. of at the premiere, a full audience going nuts and singing Mr. Mustafa. I think it was just some... Yeah, I don't know if it was it's the premiere, even... but it was like one of the first screenings in America mm. and just a film of everyone going, and they all say, yeah. oh, well, there never was there ever. Yeah, they're having the best time. Yeah. and Which is, I have the same. But that's what I think. I think this that movie. this movie should be a good time movie. Yeah. And I will certainly have it with Skimble Shanks, but will I have it with the rest of this film? And that's mm. why I'm excited to revisit. Meow, 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 meow. Yeah. Off to the Jellicle Ball. Yes, indeed. We will see you after intermission. In the heavy side layer. The greatest magicians have something to learn from Mr. Mistopheles' conjuring turn. And we all say, Oh, well, I never was there ever a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. Oh, well, I never was there ever A cat so clever as magical Mr. Mustafa's. And we have returned up, up, up from the heavy side layer. Yes, we have sacrificed a cat. Yep. Sent it off in a hot air balloon. <laughs> we sure have. Into Cat God mm-hmm. to be reborn anew. Where I am. I'm, I'm not sold. I, I think the wrong cat died. Um, yeah, yeah, and you're right. <laughs> the wrong cat died. I, agree. I still feel as strongly about it as I did a year ago. The wrong cat died. Do you know what? I, you know, I agree with you. But on top of like, okay, Gus is the oldest cat. Gus needs to die. But Grizabella just wants a family. She wants to be loved. She probably would have been better off not dying. Yeah. And her whole thing was like, oh, nobody's touched me in years and years because they think I'm. Dirty. Yeah. I'm a dirty cat. Dirty cat. <laughs> and then, you know, the younger cats touch her and she's so happy they're around her. They love her again. She should have just stayed. She wanted to be loved. Yeah. Gus should have died. Justice for Gus. Justice. I'm going to make you t-shirts. Yeah, please. Like... Justice for Gus. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think this is fun. Don't get me wrong. I think I enjoy it less for having seen the proper version, mm-hmm. but I still enjoy this. It's still a good time. Oh my god, that opening though, mm-hmm. Jesus! So we we start with a full jellical moon, and we pan down past the Egyptian, and we see a car, and we see a human. Oh my god, we see Victoria getting thrown in a bag. Oh my god, we see a human 
We were so stuck on that while that was happening. Yeah. Victoria's already in the bag, sort of squirming around, and then they throw it, and we were like, oh, she's dead. Like, that's awful. It's <laughs> like a crack. Yeah, that's it's really sad. That's a horrible way to start this movie. <laughs> she pulls an Andrew Lloyd Webber, doesn't she, Victoria's <laughs> owner? She literally throws it out. That's Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber disowning the franchise. Mm-hmm. So we see this squirming bag, mm-hmm. and, like, the Jellicle's free, and then they scarper, and you've got Victoria, who's just like... What is this? And it, you know how you say, like we, we spoke about during Dear Evan Hansen, how funny it is sometimes when people just start singing. Like they haven't established the rules of this world yet. No, they haven't. And Monkey Strap just shows up and goes, are you blind when you're born? <laughs> and <laughs> and it's like, so ah! funny. Because it's just like they've gone from being really like, yes, are you blind when you're born? Yeah. And it was just so funny. Mm-hmm. And it's not a cat's thing as it is. It's a funny thing when it happens in musicals, and I love it. I'm not here to poo-poo it. It's the on same it, but... with all all musical openings in films, because like when you're in a theatre, usually you have the overture first. Yes. Cats has an overture that plays. This didn't. It just went straight into in. it. Yeah, go straight in. That's why it's funny. It's like Dear Evan Hansen all over again when he first starts singing, and you're like, "Why is he singing?" Especially at the family dinner. <laughs> yeah, like... it's amazing. The worst bit about this is that you've got this stray cat who's clearly like, what has just happened? My owner's just thrown me to the curb. And now these cats are mocking her. It's like, are you blind when you're born? Mm-hmm. Were you king? Are you cock of the walk? This song just becomes... <laughs> this song just becomes them mocking this poor cat as opposed to this like fun, you know, adventure of what is a jellical cat? Yeah. You know? But they're all describing their individual selves. I so think... we meet... Mr. Mistopheles, who's adorable. He's a kitten in this one. He's a kitten in the other one. Is he? I always thought he was more like pro in the last one. Like no, a he's grown a kitten. Up. Okay. That's why his powers are so amazing. It's because he's a kitten. He's pure. Yeah. Okay. He's pure. <laughs> <laughs> Not if Rum Tum Tugger okay. has his way. Um. Yeah. Monka Strap, who is the second in command. And then we meet Cassandra and Demeter, who are the two queens that are there. Yeah. I just... <sighs> The thing with this film is it feels a lot meaner than mm. the other version. Why is Victoria the main character? Well, I guess there's the whole... Well, you've got to have an insert character. Yes, but and, it should be Jemima. But my argument would be you've got to have an insert character and you've got to have somebody who's maybe not as important because it's Jemima. like but it's like we're experiencing this through like the, the first jellicle ball through their eyes we are we've never seen cats before you know like we are experiencing our first jellicle ball mm-hmm. and like you said victoria has this big elaborate dance number the, yeah she's the ballet cat yeah so maybe that's why she's chosen because you can have this really nice set piece and this really awesome dancer that's different to the other dances like she's bringing a new flavor to the jellicles however in the actual thing of cats, the actual original cats, who's the cat that understands... Who's that kitty cat? Yeah. She understands what Grizabella's going through. She's the first one to reach out to her yeah. and to say, I understand what you're also feeling. It's Jemima. Just because Victoria, the pure white cat, is the first one to touch Grizabella because she's dirty and it's like, oh, the pure white cat's touching her. Victoria doesn't need to be the main character. That can still happen. There's a lot of weird plot choices in this, like where they're trying to add stuff that there isn't. It's, it really is like... Tom Hooper really, really wanted to do Starlight Express because arguably Starlight Express has more obvious plot than yeah. Cats does. But 
it really is like he was like, oh no, Cats has no plot and never read any further into it, never looked at it from like the, there is a plot to Cats. Yeah. We all introduce ourselves until somebody dies. But the concept of that has its own plot to it. Whereas what he's done to it sets up this whole villain arc that then has no resolution. And... Oh, it does have a resolution. We'll get there. It has a it's resolution. It's weird about all of our heroes as well. Yeah, there's... there's not enough time spent with any of them. No, and that I think is, it's very much, it's it's like, we don't care about these people. We're not ever meant to care about any of these cats. Mm. The full character assassination of the Tugger. Yeah. Oh, of, of a lot of them, to be yeah. honest. One of the things, and, and obviously we've spoken at length about the poor digital artists. Yeah. I forget how jarring some of the digital editing is. Mm-hmm. And it does look like a bad PlayStation 2 game at times. Like, especially when you've got these big scenes where there's a lot of people there, like in this. But I think the weirdest thing, and, and some of them look great. I personally think Judy Dench looks great. And I think... Oh, yeah, we talked about this. And I think Ian McKellen looks great. But I think it's the cats where their face has been made thinner to look like they're on a bad Snapchat filter. And I think Victoria and Monko Strap are real victims of that. Yes, because they don't have... The sort of cheek hairs of cats. Yes. And nobody has whiskers either. No, some of them have whiskers. But the ones with longer hair yeah. do. But we only have two or three cats that have longer hair. Because we have Ian McKellen as Gus. We have Old Deuteronomy. Uh, Skimble Shanks has a moustache. Yeah. Which looks cat-like it adds when to it. it's on him. Taylor Swift, I think, looks good. Her CGI for but Bombay I think Arena. they changed her face shape. No, but her face shape fit it anyway. But because you've got, like, Victoria's face, like, kind of condensed, it mm. is really jarring. It does look like her face has been put on this weird body. But you also, and you can see where it's been rushed, like, these big group scenes, it does just look like graphics from a very old video game. Mm. And that's no one's fault other than the producers for rushing them. Yeah, which is crazy because when you actually look at it, it's not like they've digitally imposed any of these actors. Yeah. They're all actually there. They're all in their mocap suits yeah. performing these scenes, which is an amazing feat in itself. Like, this is a big dance musical. Yeah. And the fact that it's been reduced to, oh, but look how bad the CGI is. Like, yeah, it's not great, but that's not their fault. In fairness, it's better than The Scorpion King. This is true. Or, you know, in the Basically Mummy Returns. Yeah. It's better uh, than uh, Superman's upper lip. I, do you know what? I'm not watching the Justice League. And there's no point now because the Flash leaks basically confirm that the Snyderverse is dead. Yeah. But anyway, less on that. Um, I'm not a DCEU fan. We we see that Strap can fly, apparently. Oh, my God. That was we- so weird. I, I, and I talked about this. That never we- happens again. Yeah, I, I talked about it. So it goes on the flying trapeze. It's fine in the stage because you've always got like the you trapeze You have cat. a fine trapeze, yeah. But it's like what I said in the Christmas Carol episode where I talked about how I don't like that in the Jim Carrey one. And we watched Spins, it and you saw exactly yeah. what I mean. The spinning in the air in something that's supposed to be quite realistic. Like, yes, if he had, if we just had Monkey Strap jump from one car to another, because cats can do that, yeah, we know how far fine. cats can jump. Fine with that. In normal time, it was just because it was really slowed down. Yeah, and I'll get, to, I mean, if we're talking about like magical stuff, and I don't like this. I'll get to why I'm okay with Mistopheles later on. But here it's just silly. He's actually flying. Like, you've got to have some laws of the physics here with this. 
because there's so many good like imagination sequences here that I could completely buy happening in the cat's heads. Mm -hmm. But because this is happening in front of them, unless this is just purely how Victoria sees the cats, because this this song really establishes her need to belong. Perhaps yeah. she just sees them as something more magnificent and more magical than they actually are. Yeah. So I have the the plot in front of me um, on the official cat's Wikipedia. Yeah. And the way, whoever wrote this, I have great respect for you. Because the way that all of the cats are described, they all have really nice little character descriptions. Yeah. So you have meek magician Mr. Mistopheles and the loyal Strap and snooty Demeter and things like that. But then when we get to other characters, you get to like Bustopher Jones, who is a bourgeoisie cat. I love it. Incredible. I love it. This is so funny. I so there's a weird bit here. They're singing "Angelical um, Cats, Angelical Cats," mm -hmm. and something happens, and you cut to Idris Elba as McCavity, and he just says, "What?" And I'm like, "Is Victoria Neo in the Matrix? Is this like the Cat Matrix?" And he's like, oh, "Agent Smith," and he wants to take over Victoria. It it makes no sense. No, it's because God, this is such like a. Maybe it's my extensive cat knowledge is the only reason I would know this. But the reason why he's upset, he was cast out of the Jellicles and they haven't taken in any new Jellicles that aren't somebody's kid. Okay. Ever. So he's just jealous. Yeah, they're accepting her and they don't even know who she is. So this is it, right? That's some good plot. That explains why he you wants to do this. should have told us that. That explains why he wants to die and ruin the Jellicle ball because he's all okay with it. Until they take someone else in. Well, no, I think he was doing this anyway. Uh, well, I think he was up to, up to some mischief You anyway. could explain it that way. It's very, very weird. But, you know. This is the other thing. They introduced this. Obviously, Strap explains. Because Victoria's our insert character. She's like, what's the Jellicle ball? And he explains that it's a chance for an older Jellicle cat to leave and come back to another Jellicle life a better life than the one that they currently have and she's like a better life wow and she turns to Mr. Mistopheles and is like would you wish for a better life and he's like oh I don't know and because she's just been chucked out by her humans you're like okay she would want and if you don't know the franchise want. you would think you're setting this up for her to be the Jellicle choice and that goes nowhere. Yeah. They never mention it again after that point where she's like, hmm, would you choose another life? Maybe I would choose another life. And we'd just never talk about it again. Maybe because she meets cats who are older than her. Yeah. And she learns to be like, oh, maybe my life isn't so bad. But then again, it's not explained that way. Yeah. It's just disappeared. Mr. Mistopheles sounded like he was coughing up a hairball when he sings and magical cats. And that's but not, a baby. but that's not on the soundtrack version. That's more polished on the soundtrack version, which is very weird because yeah. it's less polished in the film. Interesting. We have a scene where McCavity says he will win the ball this year, so there's no point in Victoria going. No one else sees him, and then no, because he can. Yeah, because he disappears. Described on here as apparating. Yes, incredible. He blips people. That's how I'm going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, that is what he does. But yes, and then she goes back towards everyone else, and the two queens say. What's your name? What's your real name? Cat got your tongue. Oh, I hate that joke. Oh, I thought it was excellent. That's Cassandra that says but that. But like, that's such it. a weird joke. Like, and this is it. I think this film feels like they're mocking cats as opposed to celebrating cats. Yeah, and cat got your tongue sounds like something Rumpel Teaser would say. Yeah. You know? 
but it's just there's some cruel jokes to this one. This is like if the Muppets really started making fun of each other, like, and maliciously. So what makes the Muppets great is they're not mean towards each other. Yeah. But this feels like they just don't understand... Sorry, I've just seen the description of Skimble Shanks. We'll get to it. We'll get, get to that. that. So we get the naming of cats. Victoria needs a name. And her dancing's brilliant. I think this is where we came into. I Victoria remember seeing, needs three names. Yeah. She All needs cats her, have three names. Her human name, her mm-hmm. cat name, and her jellical name. Yeah, her human name is Victoria. Yes. That's not her cat name. Yeah. But I like this. And I think this is where we came in. Because I remember the really nice, beautiful dancing. Mm-hmm. And like the really elegant stuff. Uh, you know... Mm-hmm. They're definitely like into each other. This is a yeah. weird kind of like night where the cats all uh, hook up. Mm-hmm. Some new jellicles are going to be born. <laughs> One of my other things with this, oh yeah, I mean, I mean that is what's happening. Victoria's solo in the stage show is a mating dance. Yeah. She's inviting a mate, and I think it is Mr. Mistopheles that goes and dances with her at one point, and yeah. then it's Monka Strap. Goes straight for the number two, doesn't she? Yeah, got to climb that ladder, but. You've hired Francesca Hayward, a phenomenal principal dancer from the Royal Ballet. Yep. Obviously, she didn't choreograph any of this. Their original choreographer actually quit. Oh, really? And then they hired a new one. Jeez. Pre-development. But the choreography yeah. had all been decided, and then he quit, and then they hired a new choreographer. But to have this phenomenal ballet dancer who's been... In training her whole life, she went to the Royal Ballet Academy. Didn't she do the White. Nutcracker? The yeah, Sugar she's Plum been Fairy. Clara a whole bunch of times. She was the Sugar Plum Fairy, which is a precursor to becoming a prima ballerina. Yeah. And they really underutilize her talents in this. And I know it's because she's barefoot and she's a point dancer, but some of the tricks that ballet dancers can do, they really should have just chucked into this film. Like, they should have just let her do it. Or they should have just let her be like, okay, what's your favourite ballet trick that you can do? Yeah. Do it. Because she's crazy talented and it does not come across in this. Yeah, but I wonder how much of that is part of the whole... Is there something that's lost in the translation of using this mocap technology? No. Because, like, a lot of the... And I'm not saying what she's doing is easy in this film. No, it isn't. Because she's a ballet... Like, I would never be able to do what she does. But... They could have just pushed her a lot further. Nothing she does is bigger or more ballet than the dances that everybody else are doing. Even in when we get to the end of this film and she has her moment where she shines yeah. and she dances, it's not more ballet than what everybody else has been doing the whole time. Is she a trained singer as well? No, she's not. Mm. She actually does a good job of the singing. Yeah. Mr. Mistopheles comes out like a pro with an invitation. He kind of slips up a little bit. Um, I, I like I like clumsy Mr. Mistopheles. I, I think like that in, he's a cutie. Yeah, I think it's really sweet. endearing to him and really cute. And I, that's why I like his version of the song, because you build up this whole time. Like, he's just really happy to be there, and he's mm-hmm. still learning himself. And he's got all this gusto. It's cute. But he's not quite there to back up yet. Presto. And his costume's great. I point out to you, you hadn't noticed this. Yeah. The little playing card symbols. So Ace... Uh, is it spade um, heart diamond and whatever the other one is clubs I loved it it was great and I love his costume I think it's really nice well his costume is he's a pearly king yeah and which is like a London if you don't know what it is go and google pearly king but 
his costume is so nicely designed and he has one of those hats that can condense as well, like a yeah. top hat. Very cool. Very cool. Monko Strap explains the rules mm. and takes everyone to Jenny Any Darts. I um, hate this version yeah, of Jenny I... Any Darts. Why, when you are okay with having Skimbleshank's tap dance later on, could this not have also been a tap number? Because yeah. it's supposed to be and it is not good. I'll tell you what I don't like from the get-go. I think Rebel Wilson is great casting. But I think the way they introduce her with like her falling and being like, oh, I've got gentlemen callers and like having her legs behind her, her head and stuff. It's also very extra and just silly. It's like, like you say, they're making fun of what is happening as it's happening. That's exactly it. This the version reason feels... why Cat works is because they're not making fun of it. It's just happening. And this song especially was where I was like, they have no respect for the source material that they're working from. They are mocking it quite openly here. Yeah. And that's and, fine if that's what you intended to do. But they, yeah. But they didn't. This was serious. This is it. I, I don't get me wrong. I quite like the mice children. I'd completely forgotten the about that. The mice children are hilarious. They show up like three more times through the rest yeah. of the film. That's great. I thought it was Having funny. them keep showing up yeah. is brilliant. And I like the little cockroaches. I like that the cockroaches are like the rockets. Yeah. I thought there was some really nice stuff. Oh, the Rockettes. But this is why I was so meh on Jenny Any Dots when we watched it last year. It's because I, I just didn't like this version. Yeah. And watching the original version, this that's why. Mm-hmm. Because this is mocking it. It's not as it's it's not as kind to Jenny Any Dots. She no. just feels like a joke. Well, this is the thing, right? So let me pull up my cat's family tree. Well, she just, because this is a thing I have. I, I'll tell you, she doesn't feel like a serious contender. Like, I'm not picking this cat. No, well, this is the thing. Jenny Any Dots traditionally is cast as an older performer. Yes. Who is a tap specialist. Now, it's not necessary that they're an older performer. That's just traditionally what happened in recent years. It's easier to hire a younger tap performer because of how demanding this role is. But it just depends on who the casting agent is for that role. Jenny Any Dots is an old lady cat like Gus. Yeah. <laughs> like old Deuteronomy, like Grisabella. They're the old cats. And Buster Jones is an old cat too. That's why they're all the contenders for this. And then you have characters who interrupt. So McCavity, Strap, Mr. Mistopheles, because Tucker. they're showing off. Yeah, because it's like that. That it's like you've got the main event is the Jellicle choice, but here's our entertainment. Let's see, let's see what's going on in the cat world. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're not doing our Hall of Fames yet. These are our yeah. nice little like. And here's what's going on in the current world. Here's well, it's like here's the McCavity stars of next. Likes year. to cause problems. Yeah. He's here just to annoy everyone, and also he keeps having kids with all the queens. Hmm. Strap is our narrator. He's here to introduce everyone. The tugger isn't getting enough attention, so he interrupts Jenny and he does just to make a scene. Like, and they're just supposed to be entertaining while the older cats are the narrative. But we get this whole thing with Jenny Anydots and like there's a reason why her, her song ends with her being like, thank you, my dears. It's because she's like the granny. Yeah. And... I I was like so into the idea of Rebel Wilson being this character because I was like, oh, that's cute. And it would be nice that we don't have the joke of like she takes off her fat suit. Oh, God. And, we, and uh, is skinnier because Rebel Wilson is a, or at the time was, was a plus yeah. size actor. And then they still 
did that. And it was awful because it was it was, it was like so unzipping weird. it. Like you actually saw the zip and she's got like this sequin dress and it's it's Why didn't they give her a coat like McCavity yeah. and Grisabella and Old Jute have? Oh so weird. The other thing so I really weird. don't like, and again I I hate to pinpoint the digital issues here. But there's moments where, like, you see the close-ups of the cockroaches, and then you see Rebel Wilson's face in the background, and it. The, the, you can the, see the edges around. The blending them. of it is not very good. Again, not, not their, their fault. fault. But again, it does look like an old PlayStation game, like a CGI rendering. Yeah. And it's just too much. They're trying to do something too. Am- well, they're not. Tom Hooper's trying to do something too ambitious and not understanding the time requirements for this. Mm-hmm. You want to know who Jenny and Udot's kids are? Who? Bombal, Urena, and Demeter with Skibble Shanks. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. I love how Tugger comes to save us. He says that this is too old school. He. This. I, I wish he actually interrupted. It's one of my favourite things about him. And I'm going to keep comparing it to the stage show because there's no reason why this movie should have been made. But, you know, she says, thank you, my dears, and is immediately cut off by the, like, sliding guitar noise. Yeah. And in this, he, like, pops up the window and is like, oh, my God, this is super boring. Yeah. And I really like Jason Derulo's performance. Yeah. Because if who are you going to cast as this? Jason Derulo's, like, great casting. Yeah. You know, Tugger is supposed to be Elvis. And then who's the modern version of that? I guess we're going with Jason Derulo. And this is it. It's a fun little casting. Yeah. He's been in the news this week for the wrong reasons. So we won't talk much about him. Yeah. But, uh, you know... But they, like, underutilise this character. Underutilise the character completely, because this is basically it for him. Don't get me wrong, he shows up in the background a few times, but nothing like he should. More than we remembered. Yeah, more than we remembered, but nothing like he should. Yeah, but after he's... I think... After Tugger's introduced, he becomes our secondary narrator. Yeah. Like, he's the one that sings Mr. Mistopheles. He's supposed to sing old Deuteronomy. This is it. He goes, and he comes back a few times. I forgot that he killed a child mouse. Because he found one and he has he's going to eat it. Oh my god! And he and drops it and it's he throws it, doesn't yeah. he? And it's weird. Um, I, and then the, the mouse goes, "Thanks, Tugger," and runs away. And I like, okay. really forgot because I, I like the song version of this. This is one we'll listen to in the car. Mm-hmm. I f- I didn't like all the breaks in the middle, like the little conversation breaks. So you got like Jenny Any Dots being like, "Oh." He, he must have been neutered if he can sing that high. I didn't need her weird cut Who is she talking to? Oh, Monka Strap. But also to herself. Because he like her. then, like, he walks in and she's like, oh, I could do dance like that. I didn't need those weird asides. It actually took me out of my enjoyment of this song. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have that on the stage. You just have the number. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Yeah, because Jenny in this scene goes, uh, in the stage show, goes and sits with the other queens at the back. Yeah. Or originally. What the actor did is went and got changed into their next cat costume yeah. because this was a multi-role. And so, whereas in the, the version we watched, the 98 version... Yeah, they just cast multiple. No, no, she stays as Jenny. Oh, she's yeah. she's Jenny, but in a cat, a skinny cat suit for the whole rest of the show. But she's still Jenny Any Dots. Whereas in the original casting... Yeah. Oh, guess who she was double cast with? Bombalurina. No. No, because Bombay Urena's in it already. Oh, okay, who? who hasn't shown up yet? I don't know. Deuteronomy. No, Grisabella. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when Judy Dench was originally in Cats, she was cast. She was originally in Cats. Yeah, she's the original Grisabella. Oh, cool. Before Elaine Page, but she uh, 
either ripped or fractured a tendon in Jeez. her ankle and couldn't do it anymore. But she was playing Grisbella, but she would go on. She did Jenny Any Dots, went ch- backstage, got changed and came on and was Grisbella. Wow. First. Yeah. And then when they cast Elaine Page, they cast somebody else as Jenny Any Dots so yeah. they could keep Elaine Page as Grisbella for Fair the whole enough. thing. I yeah, I really like this number. I just don't like the back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, it's unnecessary. Um, there's a I weird finally bit. Finally figured out they're not at a milk bar. It's an ice cream parlor. Yeah. I liked that set piece. That's better than it being a milk bar. There is a very weird bit where Victoria attempts to her with her foot. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she's seri- no no shame if you're into feet, but we're not. She's seriously in heat. Why is she so into him? She's into and all of them. And he's not interested. I know that everybody's supposed... All the girls are supposed to be into Tugger. Oh, yeah, because there's a great shot where he's singing and all the female cats are looking on desperately for some cream, mm-hmm. you know, in this ice cream bar. They're all, like, looking up and going... About it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bam, bam, bam. But then at the end of it, the worst bit is, he just runs away. Like, he just runs away. Into Grisbo's like, ew, and runs away. And we don't see it. Like, he just... He doesn't show up until he, way later. Yeah, he just... As if he's always been that. And I don't think he's supposed to be. I think they forgot they got rid of him. Yeah, he went home one day and didn't come back for a week. And they were like, yeah. Did you, have you been in the background? <laughs> the tug is a great performance, but it just feels like the character... Again, where's the love for this character in this version? And really, when you look at Cats fans, everybody has their own favourite yeah. characters. And a lot of people... Oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking about the Cats fandom on a podcast. <laughs> a lot of people in the Cats fandom have really niche favourite cats. Like, when you look in the background of scenes, like, Pounceable is a fan favourite cat because he's adorable and just is there the whole time, you know? And, but the Tugger is such a, like, really, when people, you ask people which characters they know from cats, it's Mr. Mistopheles and the Rum Tom Tugger and then Grizabella. And, like, that's the character that you're just not going to have in your whole film. And you're also going to get rid of his entire back and forth being rude to each other like yeah. good character connection yeah you've with, lost with that on a real great thing there with that it's a shame because he makes mr mistopheles seem cool yeah it's not like mr mistopheles is cool yeah he's, he's a he's magic mistopheles hype man yeah and without and boyfriend that, yeah well that too but without that there's a reason why mr mistopheles is a loser in this one yeah. it's because the tug is not interested yeah. in him uh, we get Grizabella the glamour cat. No other cats want to go near her. This song is very well sung. I love this. The actress who's playing Demeter yeah. is phenomenal. I think everybody in this is great. But Daniela Norman, who is playing Demeter, yeah. I think she's so good in this. I love where they're doing like sassy mocking of Grizabella and Monko Strap puts them down is like stop mocking Monkus her. Whatever. Strap. I called him Monko Strap. Yeah. Grizabella acts hard done by, but the other cats can justify why they dislike her. Mm-hmm. So I don't care. I'm on the other cat's side. There's a valid reason as to why they don't want to socialise with her. And it's her own fault. Like, it, it's like... It's like you've got that one friend who constantly makes fun of you. It's a really toxic friend and goes off, does something, fails, and then wants to come back. But they've Are you mocked... talking about Grizabella? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, like, they, they go off... And they're like, oh, I don't need you guys because I'm going to be really successful. And then they come crawling back and they're just like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be part of the gang again. That's how it feels here because the other cats can justify why why they don't want to socialise with Grizabella anymore. Yeah, but the, the narrative to that is she's supposed to be a fallen woman. No, I know that. But it doesn't, it, it's a difficult one here. 
you feel yeah here they just they just don't like her yeah and i feel that this one makes it weird to be on grizabella's side like it's hard to root for her do you know what i think it is is again the the casting type because when you look at jennifer hudson in the actual cat's makeup yeah. from the stage show you can feel a lot sorrier for that version of Grizabella because they draw a lot of lines on her face. Yeah. She's supposed to be an old cat. She looks old yes. and haggard. Whereas this version, she just kind of moves slowly. She's got a oh. youthful-esque face. And a horrible snotty nose. Yeah, that's the one thing. And you sort of don't want to look at her because of that. Yeah. But there's nothing about her that makes you like, Oh, I feel really sorry for her. Like, again, in the stage show, she has a limp. She can't walk properly. She kind of has to drag herself across the stage yeah. because she's so old and yeah. beaten down. And you you do feel bad for her. But you don't Whereas get this that. one, she's just kind of totting around. Yeah, exactly. And it makes it, makes it even more clear that there's a very, very obvious Jellicle choice. Mm. We learn that she used to be the star, then she went off with McCavity. Yeah. But before we learn more, Buster for Jones shows up. Rebel Wilson says that he wants to be reborn as a thin cat so he can get fat all over again. Yeah. And, you know, I do like the little bit of bickering that they have. I like the idea that, you know, the other Jellicle choices are trying to... They're competing. To, yeah, yeah. And I like the fact she's just trying to put him down. It's like, I would do something. He'll just get fat again. Mm-hmm. It's like when you need a new Pope. You have the... What is it in Angels and Demons? You know, like the preferred Cardinals. Preferiti. The Preferiti. You, you've got the preferee. You've got your preferiti here, right? Impressed that I know that. I am impressed. Well done. Catholic school, baby. You've got your preferiti <laughs> here in Buster for Jones, here in Gus, Jenny, any dots, and whereas the you know the preferiti can be nice and respectful, the cats aren't. Yeah, they don't have to be. They all want to be the new pope, mm-hmm. and I like that. You know that she's putting him down. Um, I like that this is essentially a cameo. I know he's not. I know he shows up a few more times, but it's one and done. And Buster for Jones in the stage show is one and done. We don't see him again because of the nature of his suit. Well, so the actor who plays Buster for Jones also becomes Alonzo, I believe. That's just off the top of my head. But yeah, obviously the actor is used the whole time. But the Buster for Jones costume is a shell costume like Jenny Annie does. But I I like this. I like, I think James Gordon does a good job in this. Up Up to a point. I hate the same thing that you said with Tugger. The little interruptions where he stood on the log and they try and bounce him up into a thing and he's like, that's what I say to you. And you're like, chill out. This is too much. Get to that bit in a second because McCavity blips Jenny any dots. Oh yeah, he's like, you're going to be, you should have been a famous performer. Your face should be on a poster and she looks up and she's like, oh, darn. (laughs) Yeah, so she's gone. Mm -hmm. Right, and then you've got him rummaging in the bins and eating all the eating I don't like the eating noises. It's it's what puts me off listening to this on the soundtrack because you can hear the This is my other thing. What is with the character assassinations of all of these characters? Yes, but that's it. This is not who Buster Jones is. He's How not rummaging through you? bins. He's six dinner Sid. Yeah. The people who work in all of these gentlemen's clubs all think he's their cat. They all think he's their cat and he lives there. Yeah. And he's being fed by hundreds of different restaurants and bars and clubs. Because they all think he's their cat. That's exactly it. And it's, again, they don't understand the world they're working with. It's like, oh, he's fat, so let's make him just eat through bins. I don't like that. They literally say the line, 
He doesn't haunt pubs. He has eight or nine clubs because he's the St. James's Street cat. He's posh. He goes to all of these clubs. Yeah. That's why he's fat. Yeah. Not because he's like as if Buster for Jones would be rummaging through a bin. Yeah, exactly. I like his character <laughs> design. I like the way like he so looks mad. like he's got like a little bow tie and tuxedo. I think his character design is really good. But yeah, I have no problem with James Corden in this, I, except for the writing. It's the yeah. writing. I don't mind the bit where the, where he's standing on the log and someone jumps. He goes, well, that's not going to work, is it? I wouldn't mind it if they were trying to like bounce him over a wall. Like yeah. the rest of them can jump up onto the wall exactly. and he can't. And going in the bin is what, what stops it being fun. I don't mind the bit. It's like, hiss is what I say to you, sir. Hiss. I like that bit. Where it goes too much for me is where he's bounced up and he gets crotched on the bit. And you see him go, oh, my balls, my balls. That I didn't need. Yeah. That was too much. That's where I thought it was too much. I could deal with the weird little hiss. Yeah, because like this isn't a kid's film. No. There, there, there's no need for that pratfall. I thought that was funny mm-hmm. and it was too much. But I can understand why you wouldn't like the whole, well, that's clearly not going to work, is it? Yeah. You know, they have the bit where he gets in the bin. They all put him down and all the cats are enjoying the bin. And then he's back up on the wall and he sees this big feast and he sees McCavity. And of course, he's thinking with his tum-tum mm-hmm. and he runs jumping and it blips. This is the other thing. The other cats seem like they're kind of making fun of him. Yeah. And they then still keep in the lines about how we're all very humbled that he would say hello to us. Like, he's a big deal. He's one of the preferiti cats, you know? They're all really honoured that he's there. He's Mr. Mustafali's dad. Yeah, which like, I don't think he is in this, is no, he? No, he's not in this. Um, does everyone see McCavity? Nobody sees McCavity. So only he sees McCavity. Oh, he, no, wait. I think they, they do. do. They all, they all see McCavity. They all because they see McCavity. Because um, Cassandra is like, McCavity, which yeah. is still my favourite. Yeah, he, yeah. he calls him pushing spats. That's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. I'm and on yeah, board for it. He, I, I hate what McCavity looks like. I I like the eyes. I like his like green eyes. I wish they. I wish it was more obvious. I wish I'm not fussed about like we talked extensively about what he looks like in this with the coat and the fedora. Yeah. I'm not fussed about that. I just wish he was a ginger cat. I wish he was a ginger cat because they say it in the song McCavity's yeah. ginger cat. But I'm okay with it. I can live. Maybe change the lyric. But I think it's just that he... Like, they say all these things about him in the McCavity poem and the McCavity song. Yeah. Where it's like, there's almost something unhinged about him. Like, they have the line about he sways his head from side to side all the time. And he like he's supposed to be scary. He's an unnerving, creepy cat. Yeah. Which, like, if you as a human saw this cat, you would be like, maybe don't touch... (laughs) I'm crossing the road. (laughs) Maybe don't touch that cat that probably will attack you. Like, And this is just Idris Elba being himself, being quite charming. I think he was good casting for this. Yeah. He looks like he's having fun. I wish he was scarier. Yeah. He he looks like he's having fun. Um, Yeah, McCavity blips uh, Buster for Jones and then himself. Mm -hmm. We have Mongo, Jerry and Rumpelteaser come out of nowhere. Uh... They see Victoria's alone. They pounce. I like the set for the bedroom. I think like the idea of them creep, you know, going in the bedroom, destroying things is fun. Uh, I like seeing Victoria enjoying being a little bit naughty. Mm -hmm. I like the way they do the smash and grab. Uh, 
but then I don't like they do a smash and grab and then they they make the smashing noise for the foley because uh, they're going down the stairs and you hear the smash of the like glass I thought that was weird that was unnecessary so having seen the stage show well the, the pro shot yeah which version of this song do you prefer pro shot yeah the, the worst this bit is... about this is the sequencing because it's so over the shop because you're led to believe this is all happening in one song, but you've got like bits in the bedroom, then bits in the dining table, and then bits on the staircase. But they're all happening at the same time. And it's like a music video edit, but it doesn't work for the film. Because like... That's a big issue with this film, just generally. The stage show, there are no set changes. Yeah. It all takes place in the junkyard where the Jellicle cats meet because they have to meet somewhere far away from the humans... Because they're caterwauling. Yeah. Like, they're causing a ruckus. And if there were humans around, they would stop them. Yeah. I don't know why this needed to take place on some back streets in London. But if you're going to have it do that, be in an abandoned house. Be in one of the false houses in London, yeah. you know? But this is it. It's so weird. Like, showing it starting in the bedroom and then going downstairs there. And then it's like, it gets very confusing as to where their actual location is mm. now. Had they started downstairs and then gone up the stairs and ended in the bedroom, fine. But the sequencing is just weird. Yeah. I don't mind the locations. I especially like that the locations look really big in comparison to the cats. Yeah, it's all forced perspective, which and is really cool. I think that's really, really fun. The thing with this song... <laughs> Is that it's one of those ones that Andrew Lloyd Webber revises every couple of years or so. Yeah. And it started out like this. This is the version of the song that my mum sings because when she saw it in like the late 80s, early 90s, this is the way that they sang. Yeah. At Mungo Jerry Rumble Teaser. Whereas I grew up with the pro shot where it's really upbeat and you get the, the them laughing and just having a good time because everybody thinks that they're Macavity. Yeah. And so everyone's run away. And so they have... The playground to themselves. And especially this bit doesn't work because McCavity has been there and now they're just pouncing. Yeah, but they work for him. No, I know, but it doesn't work in the same way as the pro shot where you're like, we think it's McCavity. Yeah, and it's just them. It's just them just having fun. It's like, oh, we're trolling them. Yeah. And they're like his weird henchmen, which doesn't work either. Well, that's true in the stage show as well, but... But it doesn't work here. No, because they're not fun. In this version, this version of this song is too slow. It's not as upbeat. It's still quite upbeat, but yeah. it's not as upbeat. They're not having fun. Victoria is kind of enjoying herself, but like she's being naughty. So it's supposed to be played off like a bad thing. It's her just, I really think yeah. you could have done the stage show version, the upbeat having fun version, and have her get really caught up in the fun of it instead of... Yeah. Whatever's happening here where she's like pushing peas off the table, which why are they there anyway? Yeah, I know. Really weird. And they're eating like stolen food and stuff. Like where are the humans at this point? They've got beef ribs, you know, like... On the table. It's weird. So weird. It is. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Unless the whole thing is just this... Unless the whole thing is this in their heads, but it can't be because they summon a dog. And Mungo, Jerry and Rumpelteas have run away. Victoria tries, but she gets stuck because she's stolen a pearl necklace. And Mr. Mistopheles has to come and save her. He ends up... I'm coming, Victoria! ends up injuring herself and she just gets gets out of the mix, shuts the door. Mistopheles comes and helps her. He pulls Off they a bone go. out of his hat and throws yeah. it and he's very surprised that he managed to do that. He says he was looking for her everywhere so she wouldn't miss the arrival. And off they go. But, but, but before we get old Deuteronomy, we get Growl Tiger's last stand. Growl Tiger. 
Growl Tiger was a something. So the, right, the whole point in Growl Tiger was that's Gus's character. No, no. Gus becomes Growl Tiger. No. I thought that's what happened in Gus's song. Like he's the whole point of Growl Tiger's Last Stand in the the, the original Cats is that Gus sings, "I'm Gus the Theater Cat." Oh, and then yes, he becomes the Growl Tiger. Version, not in this. So yeah, so they've changed this, which is interesting. If you're going to add a character for mm-hmm. some stakes, I like the idea that this Growl Tiger is real and he just roams the Thames. And you know, uh, McCavity is taking his victims there, chaining them up there. Uh, I like the bit where Buster for Jones like he keeps calling me Puss in Spats, but I quite like it. So jokes on him, really. Jokes on him, really. Yeah, I, I quite liked that. I thought I I didn't think James Corden was o- overexposed in this. He has small moments. I don't know. I feel bad. I always feel like I'm defending him, but I don't think it, this isn't the most offensive thing he's done. Not when Prom's up there. Mm. You know, this is not the most offensive thing he's done. McCavity is hiding the competition. And uh, mm-hmm. Buster Jones points out that Thames doesn't rhyme during the song. It's Thames, yeah. It's Thames. I, uh, perhaps yeah, I'm... he says whoever walked the Thames. And he's like, no, 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 you can't just Yeah, I thought that, that was funny. I thought that was okay. Yeah. You know, but yeah, then we go to old Deuteronomy and Mr. Mistopheles. So Victoria shows up and Munko Strap is like, giving her the evil eye like why have you got this jewelry and Mistopheles claims the jewelry as his own he you know oh, he he's says like, it was a, a trick on wrong yeah and we get old Deuteronomy so we learn this version has been instead of 99 wives it's a possible 99 lives for old Deuteronomy hmm. which is different because it's 99 wives yeah so, I, I I, mean, is that how many Jellicle sacrifices are made to keep old Deuteronomy alive? Like, does Cat God just absorb the Jellicle choice and give it back to old Deuteronomy? It has given her, like, 99 lives. I don't know. It's a weird choice, because, like, it's supposed to be 99 wives. Let me get my book. Hang on. Drew is getting old possum's story of cats. Practical cats, yeah. Down from the bookshelf of things. Right, let's have a look. They're pretty much in order too, which I think is really funny. Ground mm-hmm. Tiger's Lost Stand is earlier than it should be. 33. But I think it's a good filler. I think having a bit of plot, uh, if we're led to believe that Mistopheles has to get Victoria somewhere, I quite like the idea that whilst they're travelling, instead of seeing the travel, we're seeing, you know, something that's going on perpendicular to the plot. Yeah. Old Deuteronomy's buried nine wives and more, I'm tempted to say, 99. Yeah, and they say it's lives in this one. I forgot that so Judy good. Dench was in her her skin coat. Oh, yeah. Particularly weird. I don't think she ever takes it off, which is good. I miss... That was like Mandela effect. I thought she took off. I thought she took it off as well, but I think it's just the bit later on where she's lying in her bed. She puts her legs straight yeah. up in the air. Incredible and yeah. iconic. And the coat like falls back, but but this is it. It's weird that she's wearing like a coat of her own skin. Hmm. I I thought her leg, legs looked really delicate and like fragile. In this, yeah, it's cute. I think she's a good old dude. Yeah, and we see Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, uh, in this scene. He looks so desperate to be chosen. He looks really old and tired. Mm-hmm. And old Deuteronomy season acknowledges him, knowing full well 
that he will not be picked. Yeah. Because we know that Gus is a meme mm-hmm. to the cats at this point. They roll him out every year and she's like, is it his year? <laughs> no, we're going to kill the kittens instead. Yeah. You know. Growl Tiger was a bravo cat. I Ooh. like that. The uh, worst... So this illustration has nothing to do with the, the actual poem. The worst bit of seeing Gus at this point is the fact that he's really in pain. Like he's wailing as he moves. Yeah. Like he's old and he's in pain. And I'm like, oh my God, this poor cat. In the stage version, you only see him when he comes on for his song. Because he's an old member of the class. He comes on for that one song and goes. Mm-hmm. In this point, seeing beforehand, it's really heartbreaking. Because you're like, oh my God, he's in pain. I, I kind of love though that the first time we see him, as he walks into the... Uh, the Egyptian, Egyptian the theatre, he goes meow, meow, meow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Ian McKellen is having the best time doing this. He does not know why he's here. So if we, we have the Jellicle Ball, mm-hmm. if Jellicle cats are black and white, explain old Deuteronomy's colour scheme for me, please. Because surely she shouldn't no. get to make the choice if she's not black or white. That's not how this works. But the, the song tells me that Jellicle cats are black and white. No, it doesn't. What does it tell me? It tells you that Jellicle cats can be any of these things. And that's the point. Okay. And I can't find the song to explain to you. There there is. Jellicle cats can be all of the things. Because it also says later on that they can be multicoloured. Fair enough. Skimble arrives in his darling red suspenders. He does. Oh my god, I want to cosplay Skimble Shanks, like this version of Skimble Shanks. It's amazing. He's very cute. You point out that the weirdest thing in all of Cats, and at this point I'm then stuck, all I can see is the tails. But like you've got the dance work and you just see the tails, which is the tails. This is what makes it weird, is the stage show, the way that they got around dealing with the tails, because when you think about it, the tails is the weirdest bit, they have these rope tails, and they're not made out of the same stuff as their wigs are or their costumes are. It is braided rope and some of the cat's tails are just straight rope that hangs down some of them are braids some of them are twists like it's very cleverly done so it's different for each cat and when you have the tugger where he spins his tail around elvis style yeah it's cool because you're calling attention to it but you don't really notice it and like when victoria dances it just hangs and then when she moves it moves with her it's nice Whereas here, they've made them all move really weirdly. But not only that, they all move at the same time. Yeah, and it's very, very weird. Like when they're all like rigid in the air. Mm-hmm. Tugger's back to spice things up. Yeah, because he's bored. And this is where we get the little shop theme. We get the little shop. Little shop of horrors. Little shop. It does sound exactly sure like that. we said exactly that when we recorded our last cat i know but this you know this is a really fun dance break and it feels really like epic and fun and like oh my god this is so cool snotty nose has been spotted and she has to run because the other cats don't want her here yes but victoria goes outside yeah i do love the dun 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 yeah and that sounds like i'm doing taskmaster but you know, it's just really good. And yes, she runs outside and Victoria follows and she sees Grizzy B sing Memory Prelude. I, the thing is, I, I think this is the same problem I have with Anne Hathaway in I Dreamed a Dream. It's too sobby. 
that mm. you can't necessarily hear the words and it's there's too much emotion that becomes detrimental to the actual sing of it. And I think it happened in Dear Evan Hansen as well. I like emotion in my performances, don't get me wrong, but I don't need to see these actors like fully sobbing on stage. Yeah, because if you're going to belt, you need to be able to have a solid thing going on. Could you imagine if Elsa on stage was like sobbing at the start of letting go do you know what i mean and this is it like less emotion happens ironically through more emotion and yeah you you do get the really awful like snot nose here from grizabella mm-hmm. and i just i, I and feel it is cgi they have put it in but oh i know this the is... way that she's playing her voice it's... is because of how they're portraying her yeah. it's just a choice it's a weird choice it is a very weird choice and again I just think there's they try to do too much emotion and it ends up being detrimental to memory like you watch Elaine Page do it and she doesn't need to be standing on stage sobbing to mm. still capture the emotion and in the same way we watched All Star Musical because there was a new one on Boxing Day and the woman who sang uh, Memory for Elaine Page she won the she show yeah. and she didn't need to be sobbing like this. Mm-hmm. It, I think this is too detrimental to it. She just needs to be singing. We can understand emotion through context clues. We don't need to see her sobbing to know she's sad. Well, especially because not only does she not need to be sobbing to prove that she's sad, but... Cats don't have tear ducks. I'm pretty sure cats can cry. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I don't know why she isn't top build on IMDb. That's really interesting. Who is top build? Ian McKellen and... That's weird. And Judy Dent. It feels like Francesca Hayward should be top build. Because she's at the front on all the posters. And well, she's the main character. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't agree with, but... She feels she like she should character. be. But Jennifer Hudson has been Grizabella before and didn't need to do this in the stage yeah. show. So and why she's, is she she's doing a... it here? It's the same way I felt, and I love Samantha Box. Yeah. I think she's phenomenally talented. But they did the same thing to her in Les Mis, where she, like, you know, when she's dying. Yeah. I'm really bad saying it because she's dying. She's been shot, right? But she did this, they did this thing, and it was the direction. It's not the way that she acted it when she was in the show. But she's doing this, like, <gasps> with her voice. And you're like, well, yeah, we know you're dying. Just sing the song. I just want to hear the pretty song. Yeah. Please. Please just sing. This is it. Like, it's a musical, so we don't necessarily Suspending need all this... Suspending my disbelief that you can sing whilst you've been Exactly. Shot we don't need it to be, like, real singing. Like, this real thing is going on. Mm. Victoria is more entranced than both of us. And she sings Beautiful Ghosts. Uh, it makes more sense... Like, seeing her get thrown away this song. Like, because I know where she, she's come from... You know, she's like, oh, you're old, but at least you have you're old and unwanted, but at least you have all the memories of yes, being wanted. But whereas I don't. I'm young and unwanted. And this song makes yeah. more sense then, but it's still noticeably new. It's still it like does not sound like it fits with anything else. Yeah. Yes, yeah. This song is basically you may not have anything, but that's better than me, as you at least have memories. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten this whole sequence existed. To be honest, and you were talking to me about beautiful ghosts. I was like. Where does that come into it? I don't remember it. It's here and then she sings it at the end. Well, yeah. it's, she sings a bit at the end, but then I thought Judy that, Dent I honestly it. thought this was what... Because Taylor Swift wrote it. I thought Taylor Swift did Beautiful Ghosts. She sings it over the credits. Yeah. But that's what I thought it was. I thought it was Taylor Swift's song. I didn't realise she did Macavity. I thought it was that. But 
uh, old Deuteronomy has watched and is a little bit moved by this. It's like, huh, there's something there that wasn't there before. <laughs> and then we go into moments of happiness. I didn't recognize this song either. This one's cute and sad. Yeah. But yeah, again, this is why I said to you, the CGI blending for Judy Dench's face is the best because it actually fits. It looks like she's actually there as opposed to having her face squished down to fit like the cat body. Mm-hmm. Old Deuteronomy welcomes Victoria in despite not being angelical. Mm-hmm. And then we get Gus. And I love his little really lapping. He's, it's so cute that he's, and it's very cat-like. It's um, gin. He's drinking gin. Oh, is it gin? I, that's the first time I noticed that. It's like a knocked over gin bottle above him. And so he's drinking straight gin out of a little spoon. But I love, it's a very cat-like thing. He feels like a cat. We, we said whilst we we're watching this, could you imagine if this was Ian McKellen's last film? Mm. It isn't. He had a film released in 2021 that was filmed during the pandemic on mobile phones and he's got something due out in 2022. Mm. So this will not be this will not be Sir Ian McKellen's final film feature. Oh. The false perspective is gone. Yes. The stage is cat sized. Yep. For some reason. Yeah. Despite the fact that Ian McKellen says he's never played the Egyptian before, so he's nervous, you know, cross pause. For his performance, why is the stage cat-sized? Or are they really big cats? Have they just forgotten at this point? I think they forgot. Mr. Mistopheles offers him good luck because he's a fan. Um, even though he knows at this point Gus is not, <laughs> isn't going to die. He's like, good luck. I hope you die, even though I know you won't. Um, and yeah, Gus the theatre cat. This is brilliant casting. I didn't know Ian McKellen could sing. Do you not? No. And it's not, you know. He sang at Pride. It was great. You know who he he sang with? Who? Girls Aloud. Nice. But it's spelt aloud because it's a drag act. It was great. I liked this because, again, it's not like singing in the traditional way. You still hear his voice. But this is a really, really good one. It essentially amounts to please just kill me already. Just kill me now. Please, please just kill me now. But this is it. Like, he's old, but there's moments where he looks very playful and young. And he just looks really cute. Yeah, and he like, talks oh. about the character he played, the fiend of the fells. Yes. I'm going to see if I can find what his actual name is. Yeah, it's just a really cute number. And you feel like the whole, I'm broken and I don't know what I'm doing, but I still feel young and I want to die. Deuteronomy, you've willed me out year after year. Please just kill me. Yeah, he talks about his grandest creation is Fire for Fiddle, the Fiend of the Fell. The Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Gus is Andrew Lloyd Webber's insert character, isn't he? He once understudied Dick Whittington's cat, which is super cute. Yep, he's done some Shakespeare. Yes, he walked as a Shakespeare performance. He once walked on Pat when some actor suggested the need for a cat. He played a tiger. He played a ghost. That's yep. very cool. And he says this great thing where all the kittens look really ashamed of themselves. He says these kittens nowadays don't get trained. In the way that I was, they think they're smart because they can jump through a hoop. Yeah, I love that bit where he shames the cats and all of them are like, oh. Yeah, theatre's certainly not what it was. I really like the old Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy who's watching the show, enjoying it and just thinking, oh, Gus delighting. loves him. Gus yeah. is delighting me as always. It's why I'll never kill him because I just enjoy his little moments. Mm-hmm. He's doing too good a job at being entertaining. He should just be on his knees begging, going, please, please. I'm crippled with arthritis, please. Uh... <laughs> This is really cute. 
he has this really triumphant final moment because Mr. Mistopheles conjures the thunder. Thunder. And, and he thinks like, it's him. He looks at his hand and is like, hmm? there's magic in these old paws yet. And he goes to leave having had his victory lap. And um, McCavity shows up and he wants an autograph. But instead he blips Gus. Yes. And then we get the best song of all. Literally the best song of all. Yeah, do you want to know how Skimble Shanks is described here? Yes, please. A tidy ginger cat oh, who tap dances. I love, oh, I love this sequence. It's beautiful. It's magical. I just it love... just makes me so happy. So Gus walks off stage and old Deuteronomy is like, well, that was very nice. Skimble Shanks. <laughs> Let's cheer the proceedings up. <laughs> A cat who, so, so it's like, that cat's not going to die and neither's this one. Because yeah. Skimble doesn't. He's just showing off. He's like, look at how good my life is. Mm-hmm. I, so Strap's quite a good hype man. I love Skimble's flourish as he arrives. He's very cute. I love I, his moustache. Oh, his tap dancing is so great as well. Mm. Like, he's such a show-off. He knows it. Oh, and I love... This is one of the things that I like that they've changed is, like, the insertion of the little tap dance sequence yes. that sounds like a train gearing up mm. and getting faster and faster and faster. That's incredible. It's so More good. of that, it's less so, of this character nonsense. So, so good. And I love it. And and I just think the tip, tap, mm-hmm. tip, tap. I love the transition as well. So this is where you can really justify the fact that this is happening in the cat's minds. Yeah, he's telling this story so well that they're envisioning it. Exactly. It. And he goes out and they're now on the bridge and you see him tapping and you hear the metal, the noise of the tapping on the metal. And I really love the shot of them on the bridge. They mm-hmm. can't even see the cats, but you see all of London. I think that's really, really cool. Yes. And do you get why Skimble is asking for a new life? Oh, he's actually... I thought he was just showing up. I didn't think he wanted a new life. No, Skimble's one of the... He's one of the He's preferiti. the same age as Jenny Any does. I guess, yeah, because he does, he does get blipped, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Why does he want a new life? Because the trains that he was riding on don't exist anymore. Oh. He's a steam train cat. Nobody rides steam trains in when this is set. Oh, yeah. boy. So he needs a new life because his skill is useless now. Bless him. Mm-hmm. I love the bit on the train itself. Because they're, they're like, on a proper steam train. Yeah. They're on, I'm pretty, pretty sure. It looks like the Hogwarts Express. It's the Hogwarts Express. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they just went to Universal, not Universal, Warner Brothers Studios and were like, hey, can we yeah. borrow your train for like 10 minutes? Well, I yeah, I love it. I love that they're on the train and like he has like a rogue mouse and mouse is like, help! And runs like, off. Oh no, it's Skimble and runs I away. Love it. I love this. The film has peaked. This is the best. Yeah, this is the best part of the film. This is the absolute best sequence mm-hmm. in the film. Oh, no, I will say, I do really enjoy McCavity, but not as much as no, this. No, Skimble Shanks is just so much fun. I just, every time I hear it, it just brings a huge smile to my face. Mm-hmm. I think the design for Skimble Shanks is great anyway. I think this is a really fun number. Yeah. I always think it's a shame that we don't get more of Skimble Shanks, but I'd rather him just have this moment and then be gone. Yeah. He then gets abducted by McCavity, but it's like aliens because he gets like bought up up in the air. It's, yeah, it's, he like. It's the one thing I I'll, I'll say is like ugh, I don't like the fact that he's doing like the weird like flying in yeah, the air. Yeah, but that's him. Yeah, it's McCavity. He spins, then McCavity like ships him up. Yeah, I know, but it. it... I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay with it because we've established that McCavity can do that. Mm. But yeah, we, we're in a double bill of like great numbers because we go into McCavity. Mm-hmm. I really, she, Tay Tay is McCavity's Monko strap. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got McCavity being the evil old Deuteronomy mm-hmm. in this version. Oh, you and wanna, she's like hyping him up. Like, you want to know how Bomb Balurine is described? 
femme fatale. She is. She <laughs> certainly is. So we have Bombal Urena with Macavity's minions around. Think, Macavity yeah. does show up, but we have Griddlebone, yeah. who is Mr. Mosopheles' mum, then Munga Joe and Rumpelteaser, and then two unnamed. Are Batman they supposed cats. to be Jellicle cats as well? So it's like a weird subsection of Jellicles. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's weird. Well, it's like. So in this song, they reference the fact that Mungo Jerry, Rumpelteaser, and Griddlebone all work for. Yes. Uh, Macavity. Macavity. But I don't think the Jellicles know that. Yeah. I think they just think of them as nuisances. They're like than the spies else. on the They're inside. like, you guys are kind of annoying, you know? I love the little catnip moon. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And I think she's very good. I yeah. think it's really weird that she's allowed to wear shoes that aren't dance shoes. Well, this is still like the the best Bond theme that never was. Right. And this song is really great. And I, uh, you still have all the female cats join in with yeah. it at the end. Excellent. I, I also think she has a better performance and she shows more emotion than Jennifer Hudson does successfully. Because yeah. she's not necessarily showing like sad, but she's got this fierce, sassy look on her face. Mm-hmm. And she looks incredible. Like there's some real venom with the way she's like, Macavity, Macavity. Yeah. Why are they so angry? Yeah. Who knows? She is absolutely the best non Skimbleshanks part of this film. Mm-hmm. I think Taylor Swift is incredible in this. And the fact that she's my second best part of this film is very weird. But this scene is amazing. And I love like the looks on her face when she goes, but when you reach the scene of crime, McCavity's not because you really feel like she's mocking everyone. Mm-hmm. And she does do a better performance than most of the other people in this. Yeah. I think she's incredible. She'd have been great as Grisabella. Which is really funny considering you don't generally like Taylor Swift. No, because she reminds me of an ex. Yeah. Anyway. We get naked in your silver. Oh my god, it's so weird. And this would have been fine if he'd have been a, a sleek cat the whole time, but he's had the coat on yeah. the whole time. But he's a very toned, sexy cat. Yeah. Like, god damn, I would... You, I can understand you that. You want to admit that on our podcast, that you would bang cat Idris Elba? What I'm saying is I can completely <laughs> understand why all the female cats are like, why McCavity has a lot of kittens. Because Idris Elba looks great in this. Mm. <laughs> he looks amazing. He kind of just looks like Idris Elba. Like him and Taylor Swift and Ian McKellen, yeah. they have not done a whole lot to. And Judy Dench. No, Judy Dench is the most catified of anyone. But I feel like you could still recognise Ian McKellen is wearing a human coat. Fair enough. <laughs> like if they haven't CGI'd a cat mm. coat onto him. Fair He's enough. just wearing a coat and a scarf. Yeah. And gloves. I get what you mean there, yeah. I yeah, I just thought this was great, and I love like Idris Elba comes out, and we have this big like jazz number for the re- end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, old Deuteronomy has no other choice; it's just him because all the other preferiti are gone. And she says, oh, he opens up the stage into like a giant staircase that goes up to a thing that says the heavy side layer, heavy side layer at the top. And I was like, incredible. Yes, uh, we learn that old Deuteronomy is a liar. She tells him, I choose the cat who deserves a new life. No, you don't, you liar, Judy Dench. You choose. You choose a cat that, you know. A cat you feel sorry for. Yeah. You do not, absolutely do not choose the cat who deserves a new life. Otherwise, Gus would be up, up, up. 
if they die without it being the Jellicle choice. What happens if no one dies on the Jellicle night? Does old Deuteronomy just drop dead because like she hasn't had her sacrifice? She doesn't get the soul that is. She owed just drops. It's like, oh no, she's run out of time. She's like, oh, she's like the ghost of Christmas present, who like just gets older before your <laughs> eyes and disappears. Um, old Deuteronomy is blipped onto the barge. Um, we never learn why McCavity wants to go up, up, up so bad. And I, I guess you've justified it as like a fresh start because no, you know, he's an Everyone outcast. Hates him, yeah. Yeah, but he seems okay with that. This is this is the issue with this plot in this film. Why? Why does he want to achieve this? Yeah, because in the stage show, this isn't the plot. He doesn't want to achieve anything particularly. He's other just... than that, he quite likes Demeter yeah. and Bombal Urina and also potentially Jemima, who is Demeter's daughter and she's a kitten. And so you're like, okay, we need to keep him away from the girls, yeah. right? But in this, it's just kind of like he has an evil scheme. Because. Just because. Absolute... It's like he just likes to cause problems. This absolutely, he should be the villain. Like, McCavity is a villain song, and it's a great villain song. Yeah. But it just feels like, why does he want to go to the heavy side layer? You can justify it with everyone else. Like, you look at poor Gus. Idris Elba doesn't look old enough to want it. And McCavity is the same age as the Tugger. He's yeah. not old. So, so why does he need this? That's exactly Why does he need this? And I think that's a big issue with, like, the plot of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go to the barge and Grau Tiger is going to make Judy Dench walk the plank. And you just hear poor Judy Dench going, no, oh no, in her frail old woman voice. And I'm just like, oh man. Yeah. That's weird. Um, the cats are saying, we can magic her back. Victoria's like, I, I, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We've got a magic cat. And I love this version of Magical Mr. Mistopheles because there are stakes and he's been clumsy throughout. He's ne- His nerves are really cute. And I just think the whole moment of this song is really triumphant. Like, I love that <sighs> Monker Strap chucks him up onto the stage and does the line that should belong to the tugger yeah. where he says the greatest magicians have something to learn like and then he throws him up onto the yes. stage and Mr. Mustafa is like no 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 I am small I am black I am cute <laughs> from my ears to the tip of my tail I, I can pick any card that I want he's so cute he I is... love that he says he does the line and not long ago this phenomenal cat produced seven kittens right out of a hat and he lifts the hat up and it's three mice who are like oh Mr. Mistopheles yeah I just think it's really cute I I, don't get me wrong I really enjoy the stage version and the stage version is great but I like this version like I just think there's something really cute about watching this nervous character overcome something narratively this is good but the stage version I prefer because he is being hyped up by the tugger, but yeah. also he needs all that hype to be able to do it. Yeah. And he trades out Cassandra in the stage show for Old Deuteronomy. And then Cassandra reappears because like, she's his. Yeah, so where has Old Deuteronomy gone? In the stage show. Yeah. McCavity's kidnapped him. So that's actually happened in the stage show as well. Yeah, McCavity kidnaps him. And then McCavity comes on dressed as Old Deuteronomy. Okay, cool. I'd conf- I'd Mr. Mistopheles is like... That's not him. I'm ah, having none of yeah. it. Fair enough. Okay, so they're still trying to do that magic bit. I just like the bits where, like, you know, you've got the really cute boho costume anyway. And, like, the bits where he's, like, really sad and dejected. You feel heartbroken for this character. The one he tries, thing, like, a couple of times. It's really sad. The one thing I, I found weird 
He has human hands. He does have human hands. And I don't know whether that's... An accident or deliberate. I think that must be in all of them. I don't understand it. I don't like it. He it should have really cat weird. hands. He should have cat hands. Or at least cat coloured hands. Yes. Well, this is it because it's his actual hands and you can see where the first stops on his hands. It's weird. He should yeah. have gloves or something. Uh, Victoria rallies him at when he's at his that, lowest. Can you just put white magic gloves on him? Yeah. Like magician's yep. gloves. Oh, that would have been so much easier. And yeah, they all believe, and especially Tugger, because Tugger shows up again, which is really weird because I've not seen him for ages, and Tugger's just there, like as a head. It's going, like somebody said to him, hey, old Deuteronomy got kidnapped, and Tugger was like, oh, I should probably come along. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's, you know, the bit where it's like, he does it and nothing happens, and you're like, oh, and then you just hear off a voice of, oh, well... I never was there ever. And it's Judy Day. It's Judy Day. This that... is the point at which the cinema screen yes. version will like lose their mind. But this moment is so good because like his smile is so heartwarming and I loved it. Like this feels like the best like climax to this movie because you've got like this character like, oh, I am as good as I say I am. I can walk the walk. And right. I've complained about some of the magic bits. Mm. And, you know, the whole, like, oh, Monko Strap can fly. I like the fact that all this magic happens. But I imagine it just being Mr. Mistopheles at this point, because he's taken over singing the song. Like, he's like, has me. And I just see it in his brain, that like, he's made the trombones float. Mm-hmm. None of this is happening. This bit now exists in his head, where he flies across the stage with the rainbow. And this is just him being like, I am magical. Mm-hmm. Well, so everyone just sings about him. I liked it. I thought it was cute. I just think, like, the thing as well I, I like with this, he isn't expecting to perform, right? He's not supposed to be a performer. It's not like he's going up as a preferiti. It's not like yeah. he's the entertainment. So the fact that he goes up and he's nervous with his song is like, I am small, I am black, I am cute. That's because he's trying to think of a song on the spot. Yeah, he's just making it up. And that's what I thought was really cute. He's not rehearsed this. He's like, oh no, I've been thrust into the limelight. I talk a big game, but I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. He's making his debut before he's ready. And I just find that really endearing. I'm putting way too much thought into this. Yes, you are. But I love it. It's fine. <laughs> we got back to the barge. Jenny and Edots escapes by uh, skinning herself. And then she gets the chain and immediately hits herself in the head with it. Because even though we're at the climax, we've still got to have the, the comedy moments with these characters that are supposedly important. And yeah, they all fight back and Gus ends up drowning Growl Tiger. And the <laughs> this is the opposite of Angels and Demons. The Preferiti survive in this time. Yeah. <laughs> They're not showing up with Illuminati brands on them in this version. Yep. Cut back to the Egyptian and we have Memory. Victoria welcomes Grizzy B. No one's happy to see her. You know, maybe that's why old Deuteronomy decides to send her up. Our puppet's like, we need to sacrifice. No one else is here. We can just kill off Grizabella. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I love Memory. I think it's a beautiful song. But there's moments in Jennifer Hudson's performance i really struggled to hear what she was saying oh yeah i thought that was really weird because obviously the moment we as musical theater people are waiting for is when you get the dun 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 touch me like and obviously it's way higher than i can belt but that moment is a big moment and when we watched um 
All Star Musicals. Yeah, that was the moment we were waiting for because it, was... it all sounded really good. And then you're like, okay, what's this going to sound like? Let's go. And obviously Jennifer Hudson is a very talented singer. Yeah. But the music was louder than her singing was. Yeah. And that's not our TV. But there's also things like the way she was saying memory. Mm. It just sounded like mumbled anyway. Yeah. And when she got going, it was good. But it just, it feels really disappointing because this is like the, the, the most important song. Mm-hmm. Arguably, because it's the one song that goes beyond cats. But yes, all the cats see Grizzies in a pain. And again, Snotty Nose is off-putting during this really pivotal moment. Why did they CGI that on? I don't know. But old Deuteronomy makes her choice, if only to shut her up. Yeah. And then we get the beautiful ghost's reprise, you know, which is essentially Victoria meddling in affairs that she doesn't understand. Yeah. She screwed Gus. She's like, oh, well, Gus. It really would have been Gus if it if it wasn't Grisabella. Yeah, it really should. And in this version, it's worse because, like, poor Ian McKellen. <laughs> she then ballets off. So she's like, she's messed with the Jellicle choice. She's not even a Jellicle cat at this point. She doesn't understand what's going on. She's like, pick Grisabella. And then she just ballets off. Like, my work the here is the done. Night. Goodbye. <laughs> and then we get up, up, up. Let's murder a cat. Up to the heavy side there. I always love how cultish this song is. I love that it gets higher and higher and higher as it goes through. One yeah. of my favourite videos on TikTok is a guy who, I can't remember his name, but he plays band piano yeah. in a school. And he has all of his friends round and all his friends are musical theatre people. And so he put the sheet music to this song up on the screen at a party he was having and everybody sang this song and he played it on the keyboard and it's so good like they all sound amazing but i was just like this is such such a me thing to do at a party yeah like what even is this this song isn't making our wedding playlist i'll have skimble shanks quite happily you're gonna tap dance to it are you that'll be our first dance nice (laughs) <laughs> what, so this is where we say McCavity does get some comeuppance here mm-hmm. he's lost all his cool clothes he's lost his posse <laughs> and he's, he jumps on the rope he's like now's my chance jumps on the rope and he can't hold it and he falls and he lands on a statue and then he tries to magic himself away and he's lost his magic yeah because I think Mistopheles has stolen it now because there can only be one magical jellical cat yeah that's probably true yeah yeah she flies off. We get the ad dressing of cats. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that this show finishes on the biggest cats in London, but it's a weird finale song. Yeah. It's not... Where's the finale song in Cats? Hang on. It's Yeah, it's not this, is it? It just doesn't feel big enough. Because we supposed to have had the addressing of cats earlier. I remember we have it as like... No, it's oh, the naming of cats that you're thinking of. Oh, is it not? I thought we had the addressing of cats. Like a cat is not a cat dog. I thought that was part of... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, sings open, it when he comes in. It's like in. his opening speech. It's like his opening of the proceedings. Here's how we address the cats. So this feels like a really weird way to end it because it's so anticlimactic. Yeah. You know, we've got, we've had three really amazing songs in Skimble Shanks, Macavity, oh, no. Mr. Mistopheles. No, so The Addressing of Cats is the last song after the heavy side leg. Okay. Old Deuteronomy sings it. However, what then happens yeah. is that they finish that and immediately it goes back into the overture where they play basically 
uh, Jellicle Cats with the little bits of other people's songs thrown in. Yeah. So, like, the tugger comes out and dances, and they all do, like, a big, fun dance number at yeah. the end. And it ends with Bam. just Tugger Bam. usually Bam. on the stage being like, yeah, yeah, and then running off. So you don't mind so much because you've had this big fun finale number and we're all celebrating everybody being here, but they do the bows in that finale dance number. Yeah. It's not individual bows. So to end the film the same way it started without an overture. is weird. It's really weird. I, I don't like the direct address in this as well, where Judy Dench is speaking to the audience, but like, a cat is a cat and not a dog. Mm. I don't like the direct address because it's not happened before. It's not like in Deadpool where it's established throughout the film. It just happens. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very weird. How do you address a cat, Danny? Uh, with respect. Yes. You say, oh, cat. Monko Strap looks at old Deuteronomy with just like pure love and adoration during mm-hmm. this whole sequence. I really think that Andrew Lloyd Webber might rework this song. I hope so. Because he's going to try and make it more pro-dog. <laughs> well, it's like they cut the peaks and the pollicles from this. And it's that's fine. one of I, my favourite things. I hated things. the peaks and the pollicles. I know you did, but I love the I peaks and the pollicles. I don't think it would have fit in. And they bark, 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 bark. I don't th- you can hear them I, all over the place. I don't think it would have fit into this version. It doesn't fit into the stage No, show. but that, I mean, that's the thing is it doesn't fit in the stage show, but I don't think it works there. The other thing I wanted to note with this song is they all have human hands at this point. They do all have human hands here. It's very um, weird. Is this because the curse is broken because they finally killed the right cat? Yeah, they sacrificed the cats so and now they can all turn back into well, humans. It's not necessarily they sacrificed a cat and can become humans. They've been trapped as cats for all these lives. Because they keep killing the wrong cat. Did Macavity fall from the thing before or after this song? Before this song. Yeah. Yeah. Because then there's this. the giant cat in the sky. So yes, as we end, Vic- we learn that Victoria is now a jellical cat. She's a dear little cat. I like that that line's in there. That's very cute. And then we see Cat God engulf. We, we see Cat God. <laughs> engulf Grisabella. And that's the end of Cats. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what a ride. Um, what an absolute rip-roaring riot. It's a rip-roaring riot. What is your best song in this version? This version? Well, all of my favourite songs were ruined. That's why we ask in this version. It's so annoying. Because, like, I love all of these songs. And they rip them apart. Like, Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser. Love that song in the stage show. What is this? Yeah. It's terrible. Well, we've talked about the stage show, Drew. I know we have. What's your favourite song in the 2019 movie? Hmm. Probably Skimble Shanks, The Railway Cat. Yeah. That is the best song in here. Miss Mussoffles is interrupted way too often. And I don't like this version. So, yeah, yeah it's Skimble Shanks. For me, it's Skimble Shanks and McCavity. Both of them are amazing McCavity's songs. very good. And actually might be the only two songs in this that aren't interrupted. Yeah. I love them both. What is your skip song? Beautiful Ghosts. Yeah. But I will also (laughs) say that... I know why they did it. Yeah. I don't like it. (laughs) They wanted an Oscar and they didn't get it. No way. Uh, Beautiful Ghosts, but also this version of Memory. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't put that version on my playlist. It's not good. Which role do you want to play in this version of Cats? I don't know. That's actually a really good question. I guess Bombal Urina. Yeah. Or if I don't have to tap dance, I'll be Jenny Anydots. Yeah. Quite happily. The the reason why I can't be Jenny Anydots in the stage show is because it's a tap number. You can actually make Jenny Anydots more palatable then. Yes. 
I would still be Skimble Shanks. It will always be Skimble Shanks. Mm. But yeah, I would yeah. like to be this version of Mr. Mistopheles as well. He's cute. He's really cute. I like. I really like his arc. Who's your MVP? It's a difficult one, isn't it? I guess Ian McKellen. I. <sighs> I want to say Francesca Hayward because, like, good for her. It's difficult because there are actually a lot of good performances in this. Yeah, I think Francesca Hayward is very good. This is her first film role that isn't a documentary. Yeah. And she she's good. She's doing a good job. She gets to dance. She's a good singer, yeah, which she we does. didn't know about her before. Yeah. That's great. I've got four possible ones. I'm going to talk through the three it isn't. You know who it isn't? Who? It's not Tom Hooper. No. I'm going to talk through the three it isn't before I get to the one it is. Mm-hmm. I think Francesca Hayward's brilliant. Fantastic debut. But I think sometimes the the visual effects let her down. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. I think Ian McKellen is great. And I feel really bad for his version of Gus. And some lovely triumphant moments. Yeah. I love Skimble Shanks. I love Skimble Shanks. And this version is so much fun. Mm-hmm. My MVP is Taylor Swift. <laughs> Because I just love, I love the energy and I just love like the venom on her face. It was, it was a really fun sequence. And McCavity, if you're going to be very different and not have like the fight scene that you have in the stage show, I think they did a really good job making this a jazz number. I just love her entrance that she's so casual singing it. And then she's just like up there and a really good performance. Mm -hmm. Controversial probably, but yeah, Taylor Swift. She's very good. She's very, very good. But it's a tough one. There's, it could, I mean, it could be Skimble Shanks because I love that moment so much. But I just, I really, I knew I was going to love Skimble Shanks rewatching this. I'd forgotten how much I enjoy Taylor Swift's performance. Yeah. Over on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Over on Instagram. What do people think of this? Do you think it was positive or negative? No, I do not think it was positive. People hate this. 44% of people said yes, they were fans with 56% of people on Instagram saying no, they are not fans. We heard from a few people on Instagram. We did hear from Elena, who simply said, I am not a fan of cats, which is fine. I don't blame you. But we also heard from Joshua Luke, who we heard from about West Side Story. Mm-hmm. And we, 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 get, we spoke about Joshua's uh, views on our Year in Review episode. Joshua says, saying I'm not a fan isn't really true. I don't hate the film, but I'm just sad that I know a lot of people who don't want to see the show because they've seen the film first and don't like it. I don't feel it does the material justice. I don't think it's a film we really need. Mm -hmm. There are parts of the film that I think are great. I think it's just all trying too hard. I almost think it would have been better had it been an animated film. And I'll say this, as somebody who saw the film first, the stage show is better admittedly the pro shot is better yeah and if you are listening having only seen this version give the stage show a try it's okay they're not trying to add some plot to it it's a lot of fun and yeah i really want to see if this comes to london i will buy us tickets and to go in the front row like i will spend a lot of money to go see cats i would Mm -hmm. love to see it to have I've, your things stolen by the cats when they come into the audience. Yeah, but I'll dress as a cat and what I'll just join the stage. That That's unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Right, okay. I will join the cats. <laughs> You've become a cat. I'll be Skimble Shanks' twin brother. Bimble Banks. Bimble Banks. <laughs> Over on Twitter, 
7% of people said it was okay. 18% of people said, yes, a poor some movie. Lovely. 50% of people said, no, send it away. I wanted to put send it up, 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 but that wouldn't fit on Twitter. <laughs> 25% of people said, I never saw it because dot, dot, dot. And we heard from a few of those people. So, friend of the podcast, who we hold very, very near to us, Ray, said she never saw it because the promos and James Corden. Uh, cannot stand him in anything. Find him unbearable. Don't care if he's talented. That's also added to the fact that the scenes I have seen just put me off after seeing, seeing the stage show. We heard from uh, Mr. Media Mac, who simply said, destroy it, burn it, and never speak of it again. <laughs> Hi, Chris. One of your besties getting involved there. And then we heard from at Chase Oglevy. Worst movie I've ever seen. Ian McKellen and Judi Dench should lose their knighthood because of this awful film. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for sharing that. I think it's a very, very bold take. Oh, man. You do wonder how they got them involved. Like, what... Well, I know how they got her involved. Because of her legacy in it. Yeah. Fair enough. But... I think somebody was probably like... I think it was probably Judy Dench was like, hey, Ian, what are you doing today? Yeah, I think they're great casting for it. I think it's actually really fun to have a female old Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's quite nice. And I think it's really nice to see Judy Dench in that role. I gave this one three and a half stars overall. That's five stars. I gave, the, I gave the original stage show five stars. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed watching this. I liked it less yeah. this time round. But... Skimble Shanks, McCavity, Magical Mr. Mistoffees are highlights. Ian McKellen as Gus is great. I don't think this film is as bad as people. It's it's easy to hate, hate on this film. I don't think it's that bad. I think, like you've said to me in the past, it's a difficult musical to translate. Yeah. Because it's a dance musical. Mm-hmm. How does that translate? And there isn't really a plot other than we're going to kill a cat. They yeah. did a okay job in trying to add some plot to it but more than ultimately it kind of didn't go anywhere yeah did you like it more this time watching it or i had a good time i always have a good time yeah i had a good good time watching this movie again you bought me it on dvd so yeah well over a year ago i know but i i enjoyed this film i think it's terrible, but... <laughs> but Cats is something near and dear to you. Yeah. Good. Given the option, I will watch the original version. Thank you. Fair enough. What are we going to watch next week? Next week, we are doing a semi-live theatre, a pro shot. Nice. We're going to be watching Anything Goes, which was televised, I think, over here on Boxing Day? Yes, Boxing Day or Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is this the one that had Sutton Foster recently? Yes. Very good. I'm very excited for that one. We wanted to go Another see it. Another dance musical. Nice. Yeah. We wanted to go see this whilst it was playing in London, but we just didn't get the time or the chance to. No, there were other things we wanted to see. Yeah. So really, really excited that a pro shot has been done of this and we get a chance to see it. Because mm-hmm. I know nothing about anything goes. I assume it's Adventure on the High Seas. Absolutely. Not on the Thames. On the Thames, yeah. On the Thames. Thames. As always, you can get yourself involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. And why not head over to at Icarus Illo and say happy birthday to Drew? Because it's her birthday today. And if uh, you have any thoughts on Cats the movie you want to let us know or on anything goes, be sure to get involved in the conversation. As always, you can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. 
on the Amazon Music app, under the library, on the podcast section. You can find us on Good Pods, Stitcher and our OG hosts, Podbean. At the time of recording, we are on 29.9 thousand downloads. Mm. We might have hit 30,000 by the time this episode goes live. And if we have, thank you to everyone who has listened to us. You can, of course, go to podchaser.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all good pods and leave us a review and tell us what you like about this show and we love your feedback it always makes us happy when we hear something from you uh shout out to uh, theater flashbacks who retweeted our 2021 in review episode and thank you so much for your kind comments and to elena for your amazing input as always there's so many of you who reach out to us i wish i could thank everyone but you know it means a lot to us hmm. until next week same cat chase same cat channel have a meowsical musical monday 